It's a privilege to be with you this evening. We're thankful for the opportunity to be here in Coleraine. Uh, Danielle and I were in Northern Ireland almost 14 years ago. That was before we went to Mexico. We got to travel to some of the churches and, and visit some people and, and tell of what we were hoping to do in Mexico. And now we get to return and visit more churches and tell what the Lord has done and what the Lord is continuing to do in his work in, in Mexico City. Um, we're going to show a, a brief video presentation first. Uh, so you can see with your own eyes what the Lord is doing. You can see pictures and video. And then afterwards I'll give some specific prayer requests as well as uh, a brief uh, devotional from the, from the word of the Lord. So we'll, see, we'll watch the video now. Jason and Danielle Boyle arrived in Mexico in July of 2010. Before starting their ministry, they studied Spanish at the local university. During this stage, the Lord in His providence brought some people together, and they were able to hold their first church service on January 1st, 2012, in their home. They started with 13 people, and met in their home for nine months. During that time, the Lord began to bless the church in an amazing way. People started coming. Some were saved, while others were thankful to have found a church with sound doctrine. In the first year, the Lord gave them a foundation to build on, a core group of people that were saved, that the Lord was sanctifying, and that was committed to the work of the church. After nine months, they moved their meeting place to a rented garage with two additional rooms that were made into a kitchen and a children's room. They stayed in this location for almost nine years. During those beginning years, they focused on teaching the people, almost all of whom were new Christians or Christians coming from churches with false doctrine. They focused on studying doctrine, worship, and church government. The Lord blessed and continued to teach the people, as well as bring in family members and others to be saved, baptized, and form part of the church. Around the time when the church moved its meeting place, they began Sunday school for adults and children. The Children's Sunday School is a five-year program which has graduated two groups of children who are now young adults and adults in the church. Currently, they have a Sunday school for ages 2 through 10, with about 10 children, which they hope to split into two classes when there is space to allow for it. The church ran a vacation Bible school for seven years, which was a great opportunity to connect with the community and establish a local presence in the neighborhood. The majority of the children in attendance throughout the years of VBS were from unbelieving families in the neighborhood, and some years there were up to 60 children. Over the years, the Lord continued to bless, and with its ups and downs, the church grew slowly and steadily. In February of 2017, just after the church's five-year anniversary, the church was constituted, and Jason was ordained as the pastor. It was a time of much blessing and reflection on how the Lord had worked in the church and brought it to the point of constitution. It was a joyful and emotional service for all. The church welcomed 23 founding members that day, 
and enjoyed the presence of representatives of the North American Presbytery. Since that time, the church has elected five deacons who are a tremendous blessing to their pastor and church. Even though in the years following the church went through some times of tribulation and difficulty, the Lord has sustained His work in His grace. Throughout the years, more than 25 people have been baptized and members continue to be added to the church. The Lord has been very good, and the church currently has a regular attendance of 80 to 85 people. In July 2021, the church moved to a new location that continues to require much work to make it usable, but does provide the church with more space. In January 2022, the church celebrated its 10-year anniversary. A common theme recently among the new congregants who have come from previous churches is that of spiritual abuse at the hands of false teachers. Many people have had to unlearn some bizarre teachings and start from scratch, constructing their lives upon the solid Word of God. The Lord has graciously allowed many people to pass through the church's doors and make themselves a part of their church community. Each has their own story, which is precious to our Savior. Mariana is a young lady of 17 who was far from the Lord in her early teenage years. She attended with her family, but was very rebellious and resistant to the Lord and His Word. During the pandemic, when she was 15, the Lord saved her after hearing the preaching of the Word one Sunday. From that point on, there was a remarkable change in her attitude and her desire to be in God's house and God's Word. She travels two hours each way in public transportation with her mom and brother every Sunday to attend church. When the Lord saved her, she began praying in the prayer meetings and everybody was thrilled by the change in her life. Last year, in one of her public school classes, the teacher was assigning topics for a debate and asked the class if anyone was against homosexuality. Only Mariana raised her hand. So the teacher told her that she would take the side of the debate against homosexuality and that she, the teacher, would take the opposing side. Mariana began preparing for the debate and asked the church for prayer since she was very nervous. The church prayed for God's grace and the young people of the church set up a mock debate to help her prepare. The Lord gave much grace during the debate and answered prayer as well in giving Mariana opportunity to share the gospel. After the debate, the teacher asked if she would stay on after the class and then expressed to her that she had never heard anyone defend their position so clearly and asked her questions about the gospel. God gave Mariana grace to share the gospel with her teacher in that moment, as well as with another classmate who sought her out after the debate. We're so thankful for the Lord's work in her life and pray that she will continue to grow in Him. She helps in the children's Sunday school and hopes to be a Sunday school teacher one day. Angel is an 11-year-old boy that has been in the church since he was three. His mother, who is a single mom, attended off and on in the early years of the church. Angel would throw a temper tantrum any time his mom tried to bring him to children's Sunday school since he associated with his regular public school. After many months of this, Daniel was able to bring him into the Sunday school room and, and hold him while he cried, and eventually, for the first time, he began listening and participating. After the class, he very sweetly thanked Daniel for helping him to be in the class. Ever since that day, he has been a most attentive Sunday school student. However, there were still reports from his mom that he was very difficult at home and at school. During the pandemic, when he was nine years old, Danielle encouraged him and the other children to continue on with their Bible readings and memorizing the children's catechism. 
Danielle got extra copies of the eight book series that is used in the Sunday School program so that she could lend each child a book, and when they were finished, they would trade it in for the next one. Angel excelled in this area, and as a byproduct, his mom has learned much basic Bible knowledge as well. She gave testimony that during the pandemic, something changed in Angel. It was a heart change that filtered down to all areas of his home life and school life. God, in his grace, reached down and used the truths and doctrines from the Bible reading and catechism to change this boy's heart. Even surprised Daniel over a Zoom call by memorizing the last chunk of the catechism questions way before schedule. Each family in the church has their own story, and we are thankful for the Lord's work in each one. Pray that the Lord will continue to bring his people into the church, and that they would receive the teaching and love that they need to grow in him for his glory. The Lord has given many opportunities for ministry within the church over the years. Besides Sunday school and VBS, for years the church has had men's and women's meetings. Even pre-pandemic, many would participate by listening to an audio recording of the meetings because the largeness of the city and the traffic made it impossible for them to come out to a meeting during the week. For eight years, the church hosted a women's conference where women from sister churches in other states and other local churches would attend. For many years, the church had youth meetings as well, and in the Lord's grace, many young people continue to grow in the Lord and are committed to the local church. There is a great burden in the church for them that the Lord would protect them and raise them up as leaders of the next generation for His name. There was an annual youth camp for three years that began in 2017 for the youth of the church and those of the sister churches in Mexico. As in any country, the young people are being attacked and influenced by the world. Pray that they will grow in their faith and that they would form friendships and relationships with other Christians their age. There are five deacons in the church who have been a great help in the last few years. They have taken on many responsibilities and have enjoyed their service to the local church. There is also a group of men that have met together as part of an elder training program. This is one of the local church's biggest needs, that the Lord would raise up men to come alongside Jason and serve as elders in the church. Some men who make up that group are coming along well, and we pray that in the near future the church would have the blessing of electing elders. One of those men who has studied for many years with Jason is Ruben, who is a 25-year-old deacon that has been in the church since almost the very beginning. The Lord saved him and has called him to the ministry. He has been studying for a few years and in 2021 began taking seminary courses. He is also translating some of the Geneva Reformed Seminary courses into Spanish and is doing some preaching in the church. Pray that the Lord would protect him and help him to grow spiritually so that one day he can go out and be used in the pastoral ministry. Pablo is another man who is called to the ministry and began his seminary work in GRS in the fall of 2022. He has a heart for the people and a desire to serve the Lord in the Free Presbyterian Church. Please pray for his preparations and as he begins to preach in the church. One of the things that the Lord has done over these ten years in the church is something completely unexpected. He has opened the door for ministry, not just in the local church, but also with men and churches who have joined and want to be part of the Free Presbyterian denomination. 
Throughout these years, pastors and men have contacted Jason, wanting to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church. Over time, relationships have been established, both formal and informal. These relationships start out with visits to their churches to get to know them, and if there is continued interest, there are subsequent trips to encourage and teach on the FBC distinctives. Many contacts have been made and developed, and even today, there continues to be new interest where contact and teaching is in the beginning stages. Lalo Peña is pastor of a church in Cordova, Veracruz, which is about four and a half hours east of Mexico City. Jason met him through contact with another pastor in 2014 and has enjoyed fellowship with him since that time. In that same year, he came under care of the North American Presbytery and over the years took Geneva Reform Seminary courses, which Jason proctors. He has been licensed by the Presbytery and is preparing for ordination and the future constitution of his church. Lalo was pastor in a large charismatic church, but came out of that movement when he learned the doctrines of grace and began a small Reformed church about seven years ago. Pray for Lalo and his family and church that the Lord will bless with growth and allow many years serving him in Mexico. Ramon Souza is pastor in the Dominican Republic who contacted Jason in 2016 with an interest in joining our denomination. He came under care of the Presbytery that year and has recently finished his courses from Geneva Reformed Seminary and been licensed and is preparing his church for constitution within our denomination and for his ordination, Lord willing. He is a four-hour or so plane ride away, but Jason has been able to visit him six times. Praise the Lord for what he's doing even in other Latin American countries. Jair Aguilar is a young man that Jason met eight years ago at a conference, and the friendship continued over the years, especially when he started a church five years ago in the state of Puebla. Jason has preached for them and taught on the doctrines of grace, Presbyterian church government, and free Presbyterian distinctives. They have come under the supervision of the Mexico City Church as a mission church, and Jair has begun his seminary training with Jason proctoring his courses. The Mexico City Church has a special link with this church in Tehuacan, as Melisette, a young lady from Mexico City who attended the church from the very first Sunday, was baptized in the church, became a beloved Sunday school teacher for the children, and was a founding member, married Jair in 2019. She is an English teacher and is currently helping by translating GRS seminary courses. Another man who has joined with Jason and the Mexico City work is Wenceslao, whom Jason met in the same conference years ago where he met Jair. He lives and ministers in Jalpan de Serra, Querétaro, and is teaching his church the doctrines of grace and Presbyterian church government. He is continuing his seminary training with Jason proctoring his courses. Wenceslao's brother-in-law, Pepe, lives in Axla, San Luis Potosí, and is also striving to teach his church sound doctrine and what the denomination believes. Pepe is continuing his seminary training with Jason proctoring his courses. Together with these five men, Jason's desire is that the Lord would raise up a Mexican free Presbyterian denomination 
with the desire to reach out to other Latin American countries as well. The pastors have begun meeting twice a year for a week of prayer and to plan, and are seeking the Lord's guidance for wisdom and how to move forward. Another opportunity that opened up a couple of years ago is in Soconsotla, Puebla. Miguel is an indigenous preacher who is interested in learning sound doctrine and is looking for the Lord's leading. Juan, a pastor of a charismatic church in a village just 15 minutes away from Soconsotla, has also recently expressed an interest in learning Reformed doctrine and being taught. The native language in these villages is Totonaco, and so, although these men do speak Spanish, their education is more difficult. Sahai, a single lady from the Mexico City Church, moved to Soconsotla in 2021 and has begun to minister to the women and children there. A visit in March 2021 provided them with encouragement and teaching materials, and in the summer of 2022, the Mexico City Church sent an evangelistic team during a medical campaign. Pray for wisdom in regards to how the Lord would work in Soconsotla. These many opportunities are one of the most exciting things happening in the ministry in Mexico. The Boyles are focused on the local church and what the Lord is doing there, but he has also opened up these doors of opportunity in Mexico and Latin America for fellowship and for working together with sister churches. It has been a great blessing, especially in the area of fellowship, since the Mexico City Church is the first free Presbyterian church in Mexico and in all of Latin America. The work is separated from its sister churches in North America, Ulster, and Nepal by distance, culture, and language, but the Lord has brought fellowship with these more local brethren and their churches, which has been a great encouragement. The Mexico City Church serves as a hub of fellowship and teaching for these other churches. These opportunities in fellowship with these sister churches, along with the opportunities for church plants, show the great need for laborers. The Boyles are praising the Lord that there are a few men studying the seminary courses that Jason proctors, as well as a few more that have shown interest. In 2021, Jason began to teach seminary-type courses in Spanish, starting with a homiletics class, with 16 men from all over the country, and, Lord willing, will be continuing with biblical theology and other courses afterwards. Long-term, there is a need for a seminary. That is beyond the scope of possibility currently, as there is simply not enough time and resources to develop it. Geneva Reformed Seminary courses are being translated for the men, and also some courses are being adapted as necessary according to the materials that are available in Spanish. Laborers and materials are needed to start a seminary in the future. This is the vision for the future of the work in Mexico. Pray for the Lord to raise up men to plant churches, both in the city and in other parts of Mexico, and that he will guide in the formation of a Mexican presbytery, a Mexican free Presbyterian church, so that his name is glorified. The Lord is doing a work in Mexico and in all of Latin America. People are hungry for sound doctrine, hungry for stable and solid biblical churches. Pray that the Lord would use the work in Mexico City to meet those needs. Pray that the Lord would first of all raise up men in the local church in Mexico City, 
that he would raise up elders for the work. But then also pray that the Lord would send men out to plant churches, that the formation of a Mexican presbytery would go smoothly with these men who have joined with the work and with others who have been in contact and are interested. The door is wide open, and the need is great. The church began by meeting in the Boyles' home. Then, after the first nine months, they moved to the location where they met for the next nine years. Thankfully, a year ago, they moved to a slightly bigger place that will accommodate their growing congregation. But they are still in need of a permanent place to meet, a place that will work for them long term as they grow and minister in Mexico City. Their current location has a roof that creates a greenhouse effect. And even with eight or nine fans going every Sunday, the heat causes a serious problem. The rainy season has also shown where the water leaks are more prominent. There has been water damage to some furniture, even though they cover all of the kitchen in large tarps at the end of every Sunday. Measures are taken to provide an extra layer of protection from the elements for the piano, sound equipment, and kitchen during the week. During the last part of 2019, the Boyles began to look in earnest for a place to buy. The idea of owning a property in Mexico City always seemed beyond their resources, but in faith they decided to see what was available. They believe the Lord has led them to this property, which is located just about a third of a mile from where they used to meet and about a mile from where they are currently meeting. And that's very important because this is the area of the city where the Lord has called the church to be, and it's important to continue with a presence that has been established in the community. This property is not on the main street, which is helpful because of the noise level, and because sometimes the main streets get shut down for parades, causing problems on Sundays. But it is only a three-minute walk away from the main street, which is perfect for people coming on public transport and still in a very visible place in the community. The property consists of two parts. Half of the land is empty and not built up at all, and the other half has two houses, one that could be used for a man's, and the other a space for offices, midweek meeting rooms, and Sunday school rooms, while they build on the empty lot. After a church building is constructed, the second house would serve to house pastors and their families that come for presbytery meetings and for mission teams. The opportunities this property gives are endless. The desire is to build a church building that can also be used for presbytery meetings, conferences, and a seminary, with a parking lot beside it, something that is much needed in one of the largest cities in the world. This property would not only meet the local congregation's growing needs, but also serve to help other churches, to be a hub and a help to their sister churches, and to be able to meet the needs of a free Presbyterian denomination in Mexico in the near future. The property is over 2,000 square meters, which is over 20,000 square feet, or about a half an acre. It's hard to find property that size to build on in Mexico City, and especially in the part of the city where the church is located. The Boyles believe the Lord has led them there, and that this is the property He has for them. So please pray that the Lord will provide, not only in regards to their need for a property, 
but for their local church and all the doors the Lord has opened there. Thank you for praying for them and for being a part of the work in Mexico. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Psalm 118, verse 23. Lights over there. We go. Excellent. Well, we're very thankful for what the Lord has done and for what the Lord continues to do in Mexico City. <clears throat> From that first group of 13, you saw as we were meeting in, in our home, the Lord has grown the church in His grace to about 100 people who are uh, currently attending. Um, Mexico City is one of the biggest cities in the world, from 20 to 25 million people. And, and I say that, I remember last time we were here as well that. Kind of hard to comprehend that because I think there are less than 2 million people here in the entire country. I don't know about the whole UK, but there's a lot of people in Mexico City. And a lot of people need to be reached for the Lord. And we're thankful for what the Lord is doing in saving people. The Lord has saved people. They've been baptized and brought into the church. And even recently, the Lord has continued to bring, to bring in visitors uh, and other people to the church. So pray that the Lord will continue to work in that way, and continue to pray especially for those men that you saw in the presentation, for Ruben and Pablo, who are the two men who are studying for the ministry. Uh, It's something that we need. We need more men to go out to plant churches in the city itself or in other parts of Mexico. There's a great need, as there is anywhere else in the world, and those two men uh, need your prayers. And the three men who are preparing to be ruling elders, uh, thankfully in this last year or so, we've started uh, even more intensely working with these three men, uh, the names are Genaro and Leo and Oscar. And Lord willing, beginning of next year, we'll be having uh, our first elder election, uh, which is a huge step forward, obviously, for our church and something our church desperately needs. And so if you pray for those men as well. And pray especially for our sister churches that we have been working with in Mexico, in the Dominican Republic. Uh, as you saw in the presentation, it's not something that we went down to Mexico hoping to do. We weren't looking really to start a Mexican denomination or former Mexican presbytery, but the Lord has op- opened doors. And Lalo and Ramon were both uh, ordained this last year, and their churches were constituted, which was a big step forward for our men. And the other churches are coming along as they're, the men are studying and preparing to become uh, constituted churches as well. There are other door, open doors in other parts of Latin America as well, in South America and Central America, in countries such as Argentina and Colombia and Guatemala. There have been contacts and different people down there that are interested as well in the Free Presbyterian Church. And at the moment, we don't know what doors to go through. Um, the Lord is, will be showing as we go. We don't have men to send other places right now. But as the Lord opened, opens doors, we trust as well that he will continue uh, to show his will in what he wants uh, to be done. If you would continue to pray for us, then we send out a prayer update every couple of months. If you're interested in receiving that, you can um, come give me your email or I can give it to um, the men here in the church so that you can pray specifically for us. Um, we're not here very often. Maybe in 14 years we'll be back again. But we'd like uh, to, to be in touch, to be in communication and to know that you will be praying specifically for these requests uh, during that time. And we appreciate the fact that you will pray for us. Even though we're just getting to know each other, we're just here. This is our first deputation meeting uh, we have 30-some to go afterwards, and 
But we thank you for the prayers that we know that you will uh, support us with, for your financial support as well. Uh, the Lord has to do uh, a miracle to continue with the work there in Mexico, but especially to give us what we need for that property, uh, not just for our local church, although that's something that we need, but also for uh, the Mexican Presbytery in the future, for a future seminary. And you can imagine one of the biggest cities in the world, that land is very, very expensive. And so if the Lord wants to do that, he'll have to open the doors and provide as he always has. As we thank you for supporting us in those ways and to remind you that we are all participating. We, shall, we should all be participating in the missionary work of the Lord. And I, I want to leave you with some thoughts before we go to prayer this evening from the book of Acts, chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. We have these deputation meetings or missionaries come or you know different missionaries from different places and and sometimes people ask, well, how can I be involved? And that's an important question because as Christians, we should all be involved in the missionary work of the Lord in one way or another. And we can see from the word of God that that happens really in two ways. Some people are involved in missionary work in their own local church. These are those who who stay in the local church and they train people and they prepare and they support those who have gone out. We look in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. In this local church in Antioch, we can see there were, there were various men serving in the church. We have that list of men here in, in verse 1, including Saul, and the Apostle Paul. We see there are various men in this place. And in that local church was where Paul and Barnabas were serving. It says in verse, verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord... And fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. This was a church that was active. This was a church in which the, the people were ministering, in where men were being prepared to go out. And so when the Holy Spirit called specifically Paul and Barnabas, the church sent them out. It said in verse 3, When they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. There's a few short verses, but it reminds us of the importance of the local church in the missionary work. Sometimes we just think about the missionaries that go out. But it's important to think about the churches they go out from. In our context, the denomination they go out from. All all of our local churches are involved or should be involved in some way. The young people, older people, who are trained and prepared in the local church to go out, to go someplace else, and to serve the Lord. And then when these people go out, the church, the people who stay in the church are supporting and praying and helping. They're still part of that missionary work. And we should never downplay the importance of the local church in the missionary work that the Lord has given to us. And not only that they prepared the missionaries and sent them out, we can see here as well, if we go over to chapter 14, that this church did not forget their missionaries either. Back in verse 3 of chapter 13, it said that they They fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them and sent them away. And we come to chapter 14. Chapter 14 and verse 21. 
When they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter in the, into the kingdom of God. So as they returned to these local churches, they returned to Antioch. It says in verse 26, and then sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. So Paul and Barnabas, after going on the missionary journey, they came back to Antioch. And the church received them. And they stayed there a long time and they gave a report of what they had done. And it shows us the church had not forgotten their missionaries. They didn't they hadn't just prayed and fasted and sent them out and forgot about them. I think it's implicit here that they had been praying for them the whole time they were gone and received them with joy to hear what the Lord had done. And so in the local church, every Christian can be, every Christian should be involved in missionary work. But of course also some Christians are involved as missionaries that go out to other places, to other cultures. We see that here back in chapter 13 and verse 2. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And they went out. They left their local church. They left their place of comfort. They left the people that they knew in their local church, and they went out. They went to minister in other places. They were active while they were in their local church. They were willing to go out, and then they were sent. You see in verse 5 what they did. They preached. They preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. Also over in chapter 14 again in verses 21 to 23, they preached the gospel to that city and taught many. Verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So they preached the word. They didn't go out to the mission field just to feed people or to clothe people or to teach. They went to preach the gospel. They went to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. It says in verse 23, they ordained elders in every church and prayed with fasting, commending them to the Lord on whom they believed. They they were church planters. They didn't just plant a church and and leave it. They established elders. They trained men to be in those churches and to continue the work that the Lord had done. And then they came back, as we read in verses 26 through 28, they came back to the local church and rehearsed. They reported what the Lord had done, how he had opened the door the Gentiles, which was something amazing in that time. We don't think much about it now. We're Gentiles, but it was an amazing thing in that time to think that the Lord was doing this work not just among the Jews, but among the Gentiles. They went back and gave a report. Didn't have a video back in that time, but they gave a report of their missionary work, which is what we're doing. They were encouraged, and they were sent back out again. We have that example here, then, in the book of Acts. And what I want to leave with you before we come to prayer is How are you involved in the missionary work of the Lord? Maybe the Lord would have someone to go or send some of the young people, not many, maybe children, young people here tonight, but the young people, the children in our church, our own children, we should be willing to send them out, not just keep them close to us and stay in this local church and make this local church grow. We want that as well. We should be willing to send out our young people, send out those who are called to the mission field and prepare them here in the local church. Maybe the Lord will call you or someone in this church to go out. But if the Lord calls you to stay here, it's also important to be part of your local church, to be involved in the training 
of children and young people that will grow up and serve the Lord in, in whatever aspect of life. It's important to be part of the local church to support the missionaries that are out in the field. They're far away sometimes and in circumstances that we don't always understand. But the prayer support is so necessary. We need the prayers of God's people. And that's what we know has sustained us over these 13 years in Mexico. It's been very, very obvious to us that the Lord has done this work because of his, uh, his answers to the, the, to the prayers of his people. Because it's obviously not us. It's nothing about us. It's for the Lord's glory and because of answers to prayer. And so we ask that you would pray for us as you have met us and maybe get to know us a little bit. You pray for us and for the work in Mexico City and for that support by prayer or financial support so the missionary can stay on the field and so the Lord can do that work. Everybody has something they can do. What would the Lord have you to do in his missionary work? So as we come to prayer, let's think about that. We appreciate your prayers for us. And let's pray as well that the Lord will work in all of our hearts and in this local church as well.